Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Nice Job, Painter Marketing Pros, and APC. Hey everybody, Jim Johnson here, the head coach at Contractor Coach Pro, and welcome to episode three of Contractor Radio, uh, the podcast where we coach contractors to win. It's what we do, it's why we exist, it's our purpose, it's what we wake up and are excited to do every day. And today's content is all about building a game-winning strategy for you as a contractor. Uh, For the last several months, we've been working hard here around Contractor Coach Pro to do our Contractor Strategy Conference. Uh, We are going to be doing that next week, but we wanted to give you guys a little bit of a sneak peek. We did a a little bit of an interview webinar for a bunch of people, and it turned out so good, we wanted to put it here on Contractor Radio and give you the outline, and literally the exact same outline that we use with our own contractors, uh, whether they're clients or they come to our conference on how to build a strategy to grow and scale their business, get them into a position where they're working on it instead of in it, have the ability to achieve these dreams that they had when they started their contracting business. Most of us, when we start a contracting business, it's very financial focused, it's this way of us to earn an income, but without building a strategy for it, we end up becoming an employee of that business. The business runs us instead of us running the business. And so we want to give you uh, the tools to help you build a strategy for your business to grow and scale it in a way that gets the hats off of you. We wear all these hats as leaders in our business. We're the sales leader. We're leading production. We're leading project management, HR, administration, payroll, collections. You name it, we've got all these hats on us. And we've got to have a way to get all of those off, grow leaders within our organization, and build a strategy to do so. So in today's episode, hang out with us as the coaches with Contractor Coach Pro, myself, Nathan Thibodeau, and Jenny DePoint, talk to you about the various aspects of building a solid game-winning strategy for your contracting business. Uh, we also have uh, Nathan Thibodeau, our uh, contractor lead coach. He's a guy that does most of our coaching nowadays. He's had two years of getting it all down, and he's done a great job. And we have a new face, and a new face that we're super excited about. This is Jenny DePoint. She is our finance coach. Uh, used to be whenever we worked with contractors, we said there was two things we don't do. We don't do legal advice, and we don't do financial advice. Well, we still don't do legal. Not going to be an attorney. Doubt I can hire one. Uh, But we did Mm -hmm. find a financial professional, and that is Jenny. And she's going to be on with us today. And hopefully what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you guys kind of how to put a strategy together and understanding what a strategy is, help you and your company hopefully 
play chess while everybody else is out there playing checkers. So without further ado, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and share my screen because I got a little presentation. It's a little bit unusual today for me to have a presentation. I might slip back and forth between that as we talk. And uh, all of you that registered for the webinar, we're going to give you the um, recording link to this and it'll be all edited out and look all pretty and nice and everything. So uh, thanks for registering for our webinar. So, uh, so we don't stay here all night long. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and get started. And Nathan and Jenny will be answering questions. You'll see anytime I talk finances, I'll hit Jenny, leadership, culture, sales, training, that kind of stuff. We'll talk with Nathan and I might even say a word or two. So uh, let's get rolling. <laughs> Nathan's just laughing. He's like, oh, boy, you're going to say a lot more than a word or two. Probably more than two. <laughs> All right. Let's go here and share. All right. So here we are, guys. Uh, this is why we're here. Uh, we've been working on this contractor strategy conference uh, for the last several months, putting it together. We were asked last year to do it bigger, better, and better than we had done before. And so we are going to do so. And I just want to tell you a little bit about that, but we're really going to focus on actually building a strategy today. But we thought, hey, give you a heads up on it just so you know exactly what's going on with that strategy conference. A lot of people have been asking us. So the 411, uh, four days, December 9th through the 12th, coming up here really quickly. Next week, we're going to spend four days with contractors in intense strategy sessions so that they walk away with a finished strategy. It's in San Antonio, much warmer than where a lot of you are right now. So if you want to come down, hang out in San Antonio, go on the river walk and have some fun, uh, we're going to do that. It's going mm. to be at the Silverhorn Golf Club. Uh, it's uh, one of the nicer golf clubs here in the San Antonio area. And uh, we've got a nice little venue there for us. It's four days of playing chestnut checkers with strategy experts. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. There's going to be some bonus experience events. So we're going to work real hard all day. And then in the evening, we're going to do some pretty cool events with you guys throughout the area here in San Antonio and the Hill Country of Texas. Why do we do this in December? We get asked that a lot. It's when you should be developing your strategy. If you're waiting until after the first of the year, you're already behind the game. you got to get it all put together so you can get buy-in from your team later on. And you can learn more at contractorstrategyconference.com. Again, that's contractorstrategyconference.com. It is singular, just one contractor, although there will be 30 of you there. I just made it a little bit easier to type in as a URL. So enough of the pitching. Let's get to uh, talking to you guys about uh, building a strategy. So one of the things that I see quite often whenever we're talking strategy and things like that, people confuse these three terms, strategy, tactics, and tools. And so what I want to do is I want to set kind of a little bit of a, a basis here of what it is that we're going to be talking about uh, with these strategies that we're working on and the tactics and tools that we might use. But first, before I do that, why is a strategy so important? It's a proactive plan versus reactive shoot from the hip. We've been coaching contractors for a little over six and a half years now. And uh, it's the number one thing that we see when contractors come to us is they're in reaction or firefighter mode 90% of the time. Uh, they're wearing all the hats, they're handling problems coming to them as they're hitting them, and they're trying to decide what's the most important thing to do right now to uh, put this fire out. And we wanna give you a proactive plan so you're ahead of the game and the chaos kind of goes away. It gives you a unique positioning of your contracting business. So 
that's one of the biggest differences with developing a strategy and putting that thing together is you have this ability to set yourself apart from everybody else by putting a little bit of thought into what you're going to do for the coming year and even further and farther out than that. We'll talk about that here in a minute as well. The other cool thing about a strategy is it involves your team. You, you have teammates that are helping you put it together. Um, it gets buy-in. Whenever you have other people helping you put something together and everybody's kind of on the same page, headed in the same direction, uh, you get buy-in and they want to be a part of it. And hopefully it's something more than just hitting a number that you might do something pretty amazing. Not only for your customers, but for the people that work for you, your vendors that you work with, everybody. Something that you can do that gets some buy-in. The other thing it does, it empowers people within your organization, these people that you're trying to grow as leaders, you can give them little pieces of this strategy that they then own. And based on their accomplishment, uh, they start to gain some confidence and start to grow as a leader within your organization. It identifies the goal or achievement. A lot of times that goal, what we're after, we might have a number like 10 million bucks. I wanna do $10 million this year. Yay, sounds great. How? What are the pieces and parts of that goal that you need to do? And what does that achievement really mean? And is that really all you want to do? It'd be great to do $10 million, but uh, what happens if you only profit 2%? It wouldn't be very good to do $10 million. I'd rather do $5 million and profit 15%. So let's uh, talk about goal and achievement. And then finally, it helps determine the tactics that you're going to use. And so this idea, I've got this strategy, and then I'm going to have some tactics that I use to execute that strategy, and finally some tools. So what is a strategy? Uh, so the definition of it, the actual uh, Webster's Dictionary, an overall plan of action designed to achieve a major achievement or goal. And so I can put this into terms, and this will be a sports analogy. Some of you may not be sports fans, but to kind of get what we're talking about here, uh, one of the strategies that you see, uh, maybe NFL, it's the most popular game, so let's use that. Most people know an NFL game. Uh, one of the strategies of a uh, team uh, could be that they want to spread you out on offense. They're going to have a lot of wide receivers. They're going to run deep routes, shallow routes, slants, all kinds of things. They're going to really spread you out. And that's their strategy, to get you spread out so you can't get to them quick enough. You can't take advantage uh, of your strength and your brawn because they use their speed. So that's their strategy, okay, is to, to spread out a defense so that they can't cover everybody. And so then there's a tactic. And so this tactic is the actual means or action used to gain the objective. And so you can spread out an offense a couple of different ways in several ways, actually. Uh, not so long ago, the the run and shoot offense was a big thing. Uh, you had a lot of really fast wide receivers spreading out defenses, and, and that was a tactic to spread the defense out, okay? And so it's this way of doing it. Nowadays, you have the run-pass option, so they spread the defense out uh, vertically instead of horizontally. And so there's different ways of accomplishing that same goal to use it by using tactics that may fit your team a little better than uh, the other teams that use a different tactic. So that's what you're looking for. So strategy, kind of high level tactic or little strategies or, or ways of doing things to help you achieve your overall objective. And then last is the tool. So this is an object, product, or device used to gain an objective. 
And so a tool might be uh, Tom Brady. Now, I had to say that, right? Tom Brady. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> joke, joke, joke. All right. I had to kind of pick on him just a little bit. Um, but it's the players, right? The tool is the players that you have, the, the wide receivers in the spread offense are trying to get people uh, open, smaller running backs that are quick, catching the ball out of the backfield. So those, those would be the actual tools themselves. And so if you look at it from a contractor's perspective, uh, one of the strategies that a contractor might use is to um, make themselves part of the community by educating uh, the community and the clients within their market. Now, the tactic that they do that with could be digital, like YouTube and social media and Facebook and stuff like that, or it could be door-to-door information, like going door-to-door and, and using that tactic. And then the tool that they use it might be that Facebook or YouTube or whatever that may be, that digital device, or it could be a person, individual. And so looking at it from a sports perspective, looking at it from a contracting perspective, um, you kind of see, does everybody get what we're talking about here, what that might look like? I can't see the chat thing there for some reason. Give me one second here to see if I can get that where I can view it. Memento here. It's not going to allow me to do so. So that's odd for tonight. I'm doing a presentation. It doesn't allow for that chat tool. So if you guys, Nathan and uh, and Jenny, you see questions? We right see now? it, yeah. Okay, cool, good. So are there any questions about what the difference is between a strategy, a tactic, and a tool? Because that kind of sets the groundwork for what we're going to be doing. All right, cool. Um, and so Nathan and and. Jenny, they're a big part of the <clears throat> tactics that we use here. Um, they're actually some of the tools as well. Uh, we use these tactics of, yes, Nathan, probably the bigger tool than uh, Jenny. Um, uh, really? <laughs> and so uh, <clears throat> it's all about how you put together your overall plan. You use these three main components of doing that. So what are those overall components of what we call a master strategy? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people talk about strategy and they have a couple of ideas and they go after things, but to really build out a strategy, um, you've got to uh, have a plan for that. Like, what does it look like? Where do you start? Where do you finish? And usually you're gonna start with a goal, but we're gonna talk about something before a goal in this particular circumstance. So we're gonna talk about leadership and culture, uh, the BHAG, and I'll get to that, what that is, but that's your strategic intent, the biggest, the most uh, important goal that you're after, your current situational analysis and your current strengths, weaknesses, and opportunity analysis, your internal DNA strategies and then external DNA strategies, a strategic vision plan over the next three years, an annual plan, a quarterly plan, and inside of that quarterly plan, these this idea of tops, your priorities, and smarts, the actions to execute that. And so that's what we're going to cover today in our, um, in our webinar here today. Uh, and so uh, buckle up your, your seats there, hold on tight, because it's going to go pretty fast. I'm going to take your whole day or your whole evening up. I know there's a football game coming on here in a few minutes. Uh, so I want to make sure you guys get this. And uh, this is literally what we're going to be doing at our conference. This is how we're going to walk through this. Uh, with each of the attendees here to help them walk away with a finished product. And we'll show you what that finished product will look like at the end. Uh, so finally, my chat tool came back up here. There we go. Let me see. <laughs> All right, good. 
Oh boy, everybody's everybody's standing up for Nathan. <laughs> Good job. All right, here we go. Let's get rocking and rolling. Uh, leadership and culture. You know, we've been doing this, like I said, for six and a half years. And the one thing that's really stuck out like a sore thumb, like we, we coach you guys and we watch you and we, we sit there and go, all right, those guys are going to kill it. And then we go through with some other ones. We're like, man, I, I don't know. I'm really concerned. And they, there's some weaknesses here. And really what that comes down to is this idea of leadership and culture. So before you say, hey, I'm going to go and grow and scale my business. We're going to be awesome. We're going to generate millions of dollars and be the top dog in, the, in our market, our state, our region, our country, or whatever it may be. We've got to have the leadership ability to do it. So who's going to do that? Who's going to lead your organization? And really and truthfully, who's going to lead it from a sales perspective? Now, don't get me wrong. There are other areas of the business that are super important to lead. But uh, there's been several studies. We can get you the documentation on this. I spent a lot of time looking it up. I know Nathan asked me for it. But there was a study done on over 15,000 companies. And the number one determining factor of a company's success or failure was the leader in their sales department. Whoever was driving the sales from the very highest level, that person, that individual had more to do with the overall success of that company than anything else. So we got to figure that out. Who's going to lead our company? Is it going to be us? Or do we need to find somebody that is that person that is able to grab people to be a part of your organization? They have the capabilities to do it. They have the skill set to do it with, and that they're motivated the right way with the right methods. And we, we talk about this at our conference as well. So that's the how will they lead. That's kind of your leadership part. Who's going to do it and how will they do it? And then why do you exist? This culture part of things. Why are you in business in the first place? Is it just to make a bunch of money? Well, that's fine. A lot of people get started that way. But you don't usually see a business last for a long period of time if that's the only thing they're after. And so if you can figure out why you exist, you can actually get other people bought into this and you align your culture and who you work with much better if you can figure that out. And then who will you be? So why do I do what I do? And then who are we going to be in our community, our market, our region, or the country? And so we got to kind of figure those things out first from a very high level. That's what we're looking at and establishing first and really evaluating, are we the type of company that we can build our strategy around these four things? Who are our leaders going to be? How are they going to lead? Why do we exist? And who will we be? If you can get that part figured out, just that one piece, you can go a long ways with your business. You guys, would you agree with that? Like Nathan, you've coached a lot of companies now. Um, would you agree that this is the number one factor that determines whether they're going to be successful or not? I would. I would agree with that 100%. As a matter of fact, I think it's also one of the things that causes companies to figure out that they're not necessarily in the business that they think they're in. When somebody ends up saying, well, we happen to be a sales organization and we just happen to install roofs or do fencing or somebody says we're, we're actually a leadership building organization and we just happen to do this other thing. It comes from that, that why that they develop and from their culture. Yeah. Uh, one of the others I've liked as we go through that exercise with our clients is uh, they, they realize that they're, they're not a roofer or even a contractor. They're a recruiter. That's what they are. They're mm -hmm. a recruiting machine. We recruit, we recruit, we recruit, we recruit because that's what we're great at. 
all we got to do is plug them into the machine to do the roofing or whatever else it might be that you do as a contractor. So um, this that's the fun part of doing this. Once you actually know why you exist and who you're going to be, it makes everything so much easier to accomplish because you have a goal that you're after. So that's kind of the first step of, of getting your strategy put together, like figuring out that part of things. Next is like, what's the goal? And this big, hairy, audacious goal. That's what BHAG stands for. You know, I tried to come up with a different name of it. This is not my thing. This is something I learned through a coaching session as well about, uh, ooh, man, it's got to be almost 15 years ago now. And uh, and I was like, how can I, like, make that clear? And I didn't think I could. Like, big, hairy, audacious goal kind of says, like, man, push yourself a little bit. What's the, you know, climb Mount Everest here. Let's do something amazing. If we're going to spend our time and invest our energy and be on this journey together, let's do something awesome. And so the first part of that big, hairy, audacious goal is your strategic intent or goal. What are you shooting for? The shoot for the stars vision. And you may have this picture in your mind of what this thing is in your, uh, for your business, but you've got to get it down on paper so you can share it with everybody else and really push yourself. You know, shooting for the stars, land on the moon, usually a pretty good deal. Not too bad. The where we are headed, not the what we need to get there. So this is where we're going. Not necessarily all the little things that are going to be a part of that. Just figure out what you're actually after. This is my strategic intent. I want to dominate the nation and be a $500 million roofing contractor. That could be one. The strategic intent could be I want to grow more leaders than any other roofing company ever on the face of the planet. So there could be a lot of different ways you can say, hey, this is my strategic intent. Then you have primary objectives. We got this strategic intent. This is what we're after. We're going to do $100 million. Primary objective to do that is I got to break that into objectives. I got to get enough leads. I got to have the right salespeople and training. There's a variety of different, I got to have good infrastructure in my business. So what are those three to five like big objectives that would have to be accomplished to make that strategic intent actually come true? And then breaking those objectives down just a little bit more, what are the high-level strategies inside of your objectives that need to happen? The overall plan to achieve the objective to accomplish the BHAG. We do that in our coaching through our 10 DNA strategies that I'll get to here in just a few minutes. I'm not going to go into each and every one of them, but I'm going to share with you why they're so important and why they are in the order that they're in. So now that I got this big goal figured out and what I'm going to do and the primary objective is I got to do these three to five things over the next five to 10 years to make that happen. And I got these high level strategies inside of each one of those 10 DNA areas of my business. All right, I'm ready to go. Now I got to figure out who are we currently? Like, where are we starting at? I want to go here. Now I got to figure out where am I starting at? So what is my market like? The demographics of it, the opportunity of it, the competition in it, all of those things are going to have a big uh, play on how you do as a company in in achieving your BHAG. And then a self-assessment aspect of things. Uh, Oh, we have a question. Having a solid why in place and lived out by your team also helps the team work through struggles and debates since it dictates the basis for you. Hey, Matt, that was really good. Uh, so just to repeat that one more time, having a, a great why in place and lived out by by your team helps you work through those debates. And here at Contractor Coach Pro, our why is to coach contractors to win. That's what we do. It's why we exist. It's, it's our purpose is what we call it. And what helps us through these debates and things and discussions is that's our purpose. If it doesn't fit that, we don't do it. That's how important that why is. It makes it easier to really get through those things. Thanks, Matt, for adding that in. 
So first, we got to figure out what our market is, what's our opportunity there, uh, who our competition is, and who we might want to emulate and who we might not want to emulate. Uh, Self-assessment. And so how about our people? Where are we at with our people? I saw something the other day posted on Facebook, um, and I've had a couple of clients do that. They, they self-assessed their people and literally fired everybody. Those people could not get them to where they wanted to go next and literally fired everybody. So this is a kind of a deep conversation to figure out where you are and can those people get you to where you need to be. And then the products and services that you offer, are what's the good and what's the bad about what you do there? And then, Jenny, this is the one, this is the important one, right? Financial position. Uh, we've coached, like I said, six and a half years, a little over 300 contractors, another 1,500 through our website. And I've spoken to over, I don't know, about 12,000 of you at different venues. This is the number one area where I feel like contractors struggle with knowing what it means by having uh, a knowledge of their financial position. Jenny, now you've had an opportunity to work with a few contractors. What's your experience been like uh, doing that? And would you agree with me on that? Like this financial position thing is super important. Absolutely. Um, I definitely see it as a huge benefit. I love this industry. I love working with contractors for that reason. It's not a necessarily as black and white as some other industries. And uh, I think one of the big pieces that I see is really understanding your cash and knowing, I think so often people just look at their bank account and that's their accounting for them. If I have money in the bank, I must be doing well. And if not, I must be doing bad. And either one is not, could not be true um, if you truly know your numbers. So again, that's where I, I, you know, the piece where I see it, it gets you moved away from making decisions in your business based off of that gut feeling. Am I doing well to really have your numbers make your decisions for you? You, you mean gut feelings when it comes to your finances are a bad idea? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> and speaking from experience, like um, whenever I had my own contracting business, it was the area of the business that I avoided. it. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. And it got me in trouble. I actually, uh, what happened is I had somebody steal a pretty significant amount of money from this because I wasn't on top of my business from a financial aspect. Uh, I learned the hard way. Our goal is to teach you not to learn the hard way to understand your finances. Because if I ask things of our contractors, like uh, what's, your, what's your profit margin on a yearly basis? And I get, uh, it's about, if I hear it's about this, you don't know. You're guessing. It's hypothetical. Somewhere in this, you should know down to the decimal point. It's fourteen point seven percent, because if you don't know it that well, you're not truly certain of where you're standing financially. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in just a minute. So, you got to understand what your financial position is currently, the lessons that you've learned. So, uh, the time that you've been in business and really over the previous year, what are the lessons you've learned? Uh, from that experience, and then the critical issues facing your business. We always put this in the how do you do X given Y. Usually a good example of that is how do I hire uh, better salespeople given the fact that we're a roofing contractor? And so how would we answer that question? So we're going to do some of this and answer some of those questions to start to get you thinking about how can I take that and add that to my strategy for my business in 2020? The next thing we're going to do is a SWOT analysis. And so this would be your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats with strengths and weaknesses being internal. They're a part of the inside of your business or even you as an individual. You can do this exercise. You can look it up on YouTube. It's all over the place. We didn't create this. 
Uh, but it is a great way to understand your strengths and your weaknesses as a business or an individual. And we also have opportunities and threats. So these are the external things that affect our business or us personally. And so we're going to go through a little analysis of that from a business standpoint. We're going to teach you how to do it from a personal standpoint and use that to help develop this overall strategy. Because if I have this great strength and this great opportunity, how can I take advantage of it? Or if we have this threat that's out there, how can I minimize that threat? And so we're going to use this tool. We have a, a tool that we use to fill this out and then take it and answer these questions to help you further develop your strategy as we get into more of the details. So we're thinking pretty high level stuff and where we currently stand. Next, we're going to get into the DNA of our business. And so, uh, like I've said a few times now, we've been coaching contractors for quite some time. I've been in the back office of over a thousand different contractors before our coaching. And so it's not just the Jim Johnson way of seeing things. It's been this kind of epiphany over the last few years that there really is a DNA to our contracting businesses. And it really happens in a certain order. I already talked about leadership and culture and how that's so important. And, and it really is your secret sauce. And so in our conference, we're going to help people kind of build a recipe for that secret sauce uh, and understand how to use that as their strategy for leadership and culture. We're going to talk about organizational structure and the strategies there. Uh, there's quite a few different ways you can go about being organized um, it, within your business, both from a, you know, forms and documents and that kind of stuff, but also a hierarchy. How are you managed as a business? Are you super professional? Are you a little more laid back and family? What does that look like? Because it all plays a big part in your overall strategy. Then we're going to come back to Jenny here for just a few minutes. We're going to talk finances and numbers. And so there's going to be some key areas that we really want to talk about with you guys and make sure that you understand so that you can then use the, your financial knowledge to take your business to that next level. So Jenny, just real quick, what are two or three like big things that um, these contractors can kind of expect whenever they come to our conference or you know, if they're listening today that they need to get a handle on uh, from a business perspective to have a good strategy for their finances? Yeah, well, I know I started touching on that knowing your cash. And just to elaborate on that a little bit more is, you know, beyond, you know, making decisions based off the numbers. But uh, what I really want to see, you know, help contractors do is be able to look at their their cash and really know how much of it is theirs. What can they take distributions on? What can they make? Um, you know, maybe you want to make an investment in a marketing strategy or make an investment in another side of your business. I want you to feel confident Um in numbers that you see to know that, yeah, I have this much available. I have, this is where we're at and truly know that to, to make those type of decisions. I know another um, great piece I see with, you know, investing and putting time into your financial side of your business comes into play if you want to start hiring more employees or grow your business. Uh, I know we talk about accountability a lot and different leadership and managing and I think your numbers can do a huge piece of that accountability work for you. Um, if you have the right systems and processes in place, your numbers really can be that accountability. Um, I love working with companies on their budget, that budget where you can then see numbers come in and um, compared to what you budgeted at the beginning of the year, it gives you as that owner that red flag when something's nearing budget or going over you can catch it and look into it and make changes um, potentially before it's too late. Uh, so I, I just see a lot of value in so many different tools that can really help you with growing your company and bringing it to that next level. 
Um, I think one other item I would just touch on quick with finances is controls, having controls in place to really, you know, you have expenses and job costs coming in all the time. And I think this can be an invaluable dollar value to you guys when maybe you're not catching whether I think everyone's quick to say when you underpay them, but not many people will come to you and say, yep, you overpaid me here and here's the money back. So you know, that's where I see controls and processes helps you keep that, those right dollars in your pocket. Yeah. How many of you contractors have overpaid somebody, double paid somebody, done something like that because uh, you just didn't catch it or have any controls in place on your finances? Uh, that, that's absolutely important. The other thing you said there that I thought was, you know, one of the things I don't see a lot of contractors do, and I would love to see them do more of it because it's going to help them use their money wisely to make more money later on is budgeting, uh, to budget for their business, to say, hey, we are going to live within this budget in certain areas of our business. Uh, we actually have a tool for that called a profit pie. Nathan uh, helped turn that into a visual tool that we can actually put a job in and thousands of jobs in and really determine what do we have available within our budget for sales, production, marketing, uh, human resources, and say, hey, what are we going to put towards each one of those divisions of our business to hit these goals that we're after? So it's going to be an awesome part of our discussion. I know it sounds kind of boring, but this is next level business stuff that if you're really trying to be one of those contractors that's going to grow and you didn't go to college, I didn't go to college, I didn't learn all that stuff. And there's not really a college for contractors. This is going to be a great learning experience for you on how to get a grip on your finances. Uh, we're fortunate in this business that we're able to generate a bunch of revenue and almost be profitable despite our own inadequacies when it comes to finances. Boy, if we just knew, if we knew that little piece, how much more uh, profitable could we be? Uh, she also mentioned accountability. That's what standards are all about, setting up accountability measures to not micromanage your business, but to understand, hey, where can I touch my business to give that the appropriate attention and coaching that it needs to hit uh, the goals that we know that they can achieve? And then last but not least, the process uh, strategy. So what does your process look like right now? Can it be refined? We're going to give you some tools there to help you refine your process and uh, walk you through how to go ahead and make that process the most efficient and effective thing you can possibly make it and why it's such an important part of our strategy. Because if we have that and it's written down and documented, now we've got McDonald's and we can repeat that thing over and over again. You can really scale a business not just in your own market, but by being in other markets. You can take that same exact system and go, oh, boom, let's go put it over here and let's go put it over there uh, like we did uh, when I was a contractor with all of our locations. So we want to teach that and the importance of it and then how you might use that in your strategy. It'll also be a big part of your strategy in hiring people, this process, having it defined and saying, hey, this is what it is. You set proper expectations from the beginning. So that's all kind of internal. Now we have the external DNA. And so this would be our marketing uh, strategies, our sales strategies, production strategies, training strategies, recruiting, hiring, and onboarding strategies. And so we're going to go through a little exercise in each one of those. We're not going to rehash what we did as uh, some of you are our clients and we helped you build your strategies in each one of those. We want to evaluate each one, see what more we can do. How can we be different without being so different that we mess it up, if that makes sense? Uh, if there's any questions about any of this, you guys feel free to ask. 
Uh, but this is in a certain order for a certain reason, because most people come to us with these uh, questions about recruiting, hiring, and onboarding. They believe that's the way they've got to scale their business. But really and truthfully, it's the last thing that you would want to do. You would want to have a great training program first. Understand how you're going to produce what it is that you sell. Understand how you're going to market and generate leads so you can make those sales. Because if you can do those things in that order, like I know how I'm going to market, so I'm going to generate all these leads. We're going to sell it this way. We're going to produce it this way, which is going to get us even more leads. Every person that comes to us is going to get trained this way. Now I can actually go hire people because I also have my internal DNA down. I can explain to them what our leadership and culture is, how we're organized and how they can grow within our business, how to get paid and what finances and, and, uh, and compensation may look like to them, the standards that we expect from them if they come to work for us and the process they need to follow. So that's why they're in this order is uh, that wasn't originally that way when we first started doing this coaching, but we'd kind of been this epiphany, like these are the things that have to happen in this order for people to be successful. So now I got all that figured out, I got kind of some ideas of what I want to do. What's our strategic vision plan over the next three years? What are the targets we need to hit? Goals and numbers. So we always like goals and numbers. So let's get those figured out. What are the services that we do and we offer? And can we offer more or should we offer less? You'd be surprised how many times it's less, not more, that we can actually make more money. Systemized, repeatable processes. What areas of our business are we going to need those in? And now that I know where I need them, we are going to give you a tool to actually create them with. Growth and expansion. So how are you going to grow and expand your business over those next three years? Is it going to be additional services? Is it going to be other locations within your market? Are you going to go to other cities? Would you maybe add other niches? Like you have this sales machine right here, and this is what we're doing. We're really good at it. Could I do the same thing in some other niche like solar? I don't know, come find out. We got an expert that's going to be talking here and say, showing you like how you have this uh, machine sitting here that, boy, all you got to do is pump this other type of gas, high octane stuff in there and it could grow your business even more. So we're going to talk about all those things to kind of get this strategic vision plan and that'll be your three-year plan. We're going to break that three-year plan down into an annual plan and say, hey, this is what we're after this year to get to that three-year goal. And so what's our mission? Uh, many of you have been through our uh, our coaching. And so in this coaching, it's the last part of our culture is to develop a mission that we're after so we can get everybody on the same page and have buy-in with that. And so we name that mission like Operation Takeover. What's the goal of the mission? To dominate our market uh, by doing $20 million. What assets do I have and what do I need? And then what does the definition of success look like? So that's your kind of uh, mission critical, uh, mission impossible. We got a little envelope. Here we go. This is who we're going to, this is what we're going to do this year. What are the operating priorities uh, to accomplish that mission that need to happen? So you may have heard that term earlier whenever I was talking about the BHAG priorities, the plan standards. So what are the standards that we're going to have to hit to achieve this overall mission? And then finally, departmental year-end goals. So each department having their own goals that need to be accomplished, getting those documents saying, hey, this is what they're going to be. How are we going to get there? So that's the next piece in breaking that big, huge thing, this BHAG all the way down into three years, annual, and then we're going to get down into quarterly. And so quarterly, what does that look like? What are our tops, our tactical operating priorities? The biggest things we have to do this quarter. Usually two to five big things is more than enough. Start small. Don't try to do too much at once. Have some success. And if you're successful with getting one or two things done, then add a third. 
And then you'll hear the term smart goals a lot. Um, I got to go back. It looks like we have a question. I didn't see it. Andy said, when it comes to marketing, everyone is pretty much doing the same things. Could you suggest an out-of-the-box idea for a newer company to set them apart a little? Um, video, YouTube, and I mean, do it. There's only one out there that I've seen, um, and I can't remember his name. Everybody's, everybody knows who he is if you're on Facebook at all. Uh, he, like wearing thong shorts. He's got a, a, a machine gun in his hand. He's got a cowboy hat on. I don't know the guy's name. Somebody could probably tell me who it is. But you talk about a guy that got a bunch of attention. I think he gave away an AR-15 or AR-10 with every new roof he put on. his like complete craziness. So if you wanted to call him for a roof right now? <laughs> do, do I? No, I don't. Like I wouldn't, but he knew who his market was. He knew who his right. market was. And he marketed appropriately and he was, and I have checked out, very successful. Uh, somebody told me about it the other day, Joseph Hughes, I think it was, was telling me, you know, this guy has done very, very well uh, with that. Or actually, I think it was you, Matt. Uh, image roofing, I think. Okay, so uh, yeah, it was Matt telling me about it. And not my gig, but that's not me. And that's the biggest thing with this be you as much as you possibly can. Every single one of us, if you get nothing else out of all this, we're our, our own little marketing agencies inside of ourselves. And that's the way that business is going to be generated for the foreseeable future. And we're at an opportunity right now you're never going to see again. It's not out there enough at this point. It's still wide open. And so creating a personality out there, uh, marketing-wise, be an expert, help people, serve people, build a brand. And, and building a brand is super important. And brand isn't your logos and your colors and, and that type of stuff. It is your reputation. It is who you are and what you're all about. And uh, in order to build a reputation, uh, there's a uh, Tony Verdon is his name, I believe. You can look him up. Um, he has an equation for that. Results times reach equals reputation. So if I have great results, like I put on great roofs or I do a great job painting or whatever it is you do as a contractor, but nobody knows about it, you don't have a very good reputation. Although your work can be great, you don't have a very good reputation. Or you could do a lot of video work and putting it out there and everybody knows who you are, but you do crappy results and crappy work, you also have a bad reputation. But when you put the two of those together, you do good work and you put yourself out there and everybody knows who you are, you have a big reputation, a big reach, and you end up getting more business than you know what to do with. So I know that that's kind of, um, oh, Digital Innovations out of Alabama. That's the name of Digital Roofing Innovations out of Alabama. That's the name of the company. Free yeah. mention from Contractor Coach Pro. Yeah, way, to go, guys. way to go, man. Ring out those guns. It's great. <laughs> and it's cool. I actually like it. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, really? But you know what? That's his gig. And that's cool. Do it. Uh, be you. Be like with us. I'm not Mr. Glitz and show like we've had a hard time with like being marketers because we don't want to seem uh, unauthentic. We want to be real. We want to be as, as um, relevant as we possibly can, but I'm not going to be out here and jump up and down and, and be silly. That's not what, who I am or what I'm about. I'm passionate about helping you guys. That's what I'm passionate about. And, and I hope that comes across in what we do, but that's who I am. That's what our marketing is going to be. That's what we're all about is helping you guys. That's why we're doing this tonight. I mean, I'm literally giving you the roadmap of what we're going to do at our strategy conference. You can go do this completely on your own. 
Um, now, obviously, you get a lot more help from us. One-on-one, you walk away with something finished, which is the <laughs> big thing. Like most of us as contractors, and this is where we really see our value as a coach more than anything else, is the accountability side of things. Just knowing that this thing's got to get done because i got a coach watching me. And that coach is also adding a lot of good advice in there as well. So um, the last part of this, these smart actions, is uh, – specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-oriented actions, not goals. Yes, they are a goal. I have to start there, but they're an actual action. It's got a date, a time, an owner. It's when it's going to get done. So it's something we're going to do, making it an action, not a goal. A goal is this overall thing that we're after. These are the actions that are going to make that goal actually happen. And so um, that's the way we see these. Uh, you see this word smart being used all the time, but it actually is the actions that we're going to take you could maybe call them little goals, but uh, I'm all about that bigger goal. And really separating that out, I got a goal, I got priorities, and I got actions. That's how we get to uh, what it is that needs to be accomplished. So uh, that's our quarterly plan and how we put that together. These smart actions are little cards and saying, hey, we're going to do this thing. This person's going to do it by this date. This is what it's going to look like. And, uh, and we meet once a week, maybe once a month, maybe once a quarter. And we check progress on how those actions are going to ensure that our team is all on the same page, getting to the same end goal. So we're going to help go all the way down to this level, these actions that are going to be necessary each quarter to accomplish your overall strategy. And so let me come back to leadership for just one second. Uh, many of you have seen our six pillars or your habits of leaders uh, we call them the six E's, engage, educate, example, encourage, empower, and expect. And they really work together. You got these people, you're, you've built this strategy, you're engaging them. That's the first one. You're engaging them with this vision that you're after. So you got your team, your leadership team, you're put together like, hey, we're going to build this thing. We're going to go after this big thing this year, and I need your help putting it together. But through their help, you start to gain the buy-in of everybody else because you're sharing this vision of what you're after, this strategy that you're going to do with the help of everybody else. And then you're going to educate them on it. You're going to go deeper into it. You're going to educate them in the areas they need to get education to make this strategy work. You're going to educate yourself. And then once you've got that education, you're going to set the example. You're going to lead from the front. You're going to go do. You're going to do your own smart actions. You're going to do what it is that you said you're going to do. And if you do, other people will. They'll crawl through glass for you if you're willing to do the work. And then you're going to encourage them like, hey, 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 don't forget, man. Here's that smart card. Here's that smart action. Let's get that thing done. All right. Are you on pace? Are you on track? You can do this. I know you can. I know it's a big thing, but you got it. You got it. All right. And then empowering them and saying, hey, you know, that smart action did really good with that. I want you to take on one of the priorities. I want you to take on this priority of generating, you know, 500 leads this quarter. I want you to lead that. And moving them up as leaders, a lot of people, I see them take them from salesperson to sales manager. Like, hey, I was selling one day, sales manager the next day. Completely different skill sets. Really completely different. They're not even close to each other. And uh, they wonder why those great salespeople fail as a sales manager. It's because they weren't grown into the position by giving them and empowering them with, them with leadership responsibilities to make sure that they could actually do it. And so... Keep in mind, this leadership is going to play a big part in this. One of the things we're going to do to get to some of these ideas and strategies that we're going to build is what we call Oasis Squared Brainstorm Activities. So we're going to set an objective, like I want to do this objective in sales or marketing or training or whatever it may be. 
what assets do I already have? What do I need? We're gonna say, what's the current standard? This is what our standard looks like right now, okay? This is where we are. And what's our intent or our goal? So if our standard is we sell one and a half million the first quarter of the year, that's our standard from last year. We wanna do two and a half million this year or three. Okay, great. Now that we know what that is, we're gonna sift through all of the different ideas of how to get to that three million. How do we do that? So we're gonna have a conversation, we're gonna work through, we're gonna brainstorm. At the conference where we're gonna be, we're gonna have brainstorming going on between all the contractors. They're all gonna be sharing and talking, giving advice, taking advice and going, all right, that sounds pretty good. I like that little piece right there. I'm gonna use that in my own strategy. And that's what we're gonna do is solve. We're gonna, hey, there's the thing. That's the thing I wanna go do. And those will start to become those smart actions as we have these brainstorm activities. And we're gonna be throwing out a lot of stuff. Uh, we, we've seen a lot in these last six and a half years and over 20 years, uh, 21 years for me. Nathan, how long have you been doing this? Like in the contracting world? 20. 20, so that's, uh, that's uh, 41. How about you, Jenny? I'm pushing... Uh, 11. So 52 years of experience. And that's, uh, that's a lot of experience. And probably Jenny's is more important to all of you than ours from that financial <laughs> side of things. So uh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to help you guys get to those nuggets that you need to teach you how to start to brainstorm. This will be something you can actually take back okay, uh, with your team, this tool that we're going to give you for these uh, brainstorm activities. And so uh, everybody that attends, that, that's how you build a strategy, by the way. So that we can finish right there. And if you don't want to watch any more, great. Uh, hopefully you've learned something today. Say, hey, this is kind of the order I need to get into to get my strategy put together for 2020. Uh, you can go do a lot of research and figure all that out. Or you can come to our conference. If you do come to our conference, everybody that comes to the conference is going to get those Oasis Squared activity worksheets. They're going to get teamwork exercises while we're there. DNA assessment exercises uh, that we're going to be doing, your strategy development worksheets. You're going to get smart cards. And in the end, you're going to get the game winning strategy plan. You're going to get this one thing that says, this is our strategy for this year. And you're going to walk away with quarter one done and the instructions on how to do quarter two, three, and four. So you're going to get something like this, who you are at the core, what your 10-year plan is, your three-year, your annual uh, your year-end goals annually, your quarterly plan, and then your smart actions. And it's all going to be on one nice, neat little thing. You can go print it out if you want to, or you can keep it digitally. You should keep it with you at all times. It should be dog-eared, coffee stains, dirty. It should be in front of you all the time. So you constantly stay focused on it. You should keep it in front of your people all the time. Additional benefits are coming. You're going to get to meet other elite contractors to add to your network. Everybody that's there is going to get a 52-week leadership challenge. You're going to get a challenge from me personally, Monday morning, every week for the next 52 weeks of 2020 uh, to challenge you to be a better leader. Something we're going to uh, not only say, hey, go do this, but this is how you do this and how you make a habit out of it as a leader. A quarterly strategy call. So once a quarter, we'll meet with you right before you should be meeting with your team to say, hey, how'd you do? What do you need to work on? and answer some questions. You're gonna get a Google Drive uh, asset access to all of Ginny's assets that she's bringing, the assets we're bringing, and the assets of the people that are our special guests. You're gonna get Contractor Strategy Conference private Facebook group. So when this thing is over, a private Facebook group's gonna be created. We're gonna be able to all talk within there, uh, getting questions answered about our strategies as we move forward. 
And then all the tools and templates to use in the future strategy development sessions with your team. It, we don't want to just help you build your strategy and hopefully you pay us some money to do that. We want to teach you how you can do this on your own without us. And if you do really well, you might come back next year. We do have a, many of you that return because you like that that once a year thing of seeing outside of your business instead of inside of your business, taking the blinders off and hearing what else might be going on out there. We got some special guest strategy experts coming. We got Jonah Caffrey coming from uh, the door-to-door side of the industry. He's solar industry experts, something that you might consider adding to your business. He's also great with roofing. Uh, One of the best door-to-door guys I've ever seen. This guy is a rock star. We're going to actually be on with him tomorrow as well. So I have a good chance to see what he's all about. Ryan Groth from Sales Transformation Group. I've known Ryan for quite some time now. Um, He was in contracting, uh, went in software, and now he's doing this coaching stuff. Sounds familiar? Like contracting, went into software, and now doing this coaching stuff. So he's quite a bit younger than I am, better looking. And so... uh, He's now uh, teaching sales from a commercial aspect of things. So he's going to help with the commercial sales strategy aspect of our uh, event. And we got Joseph Hughes from Contractor Dynamics coming, and he's going to help with the marketing strategy. We're going to be able to hit these guys with these questions while they're there, and they're going to spend some time with you in development of your strategies. Then you've got people come from the Catalyst Group. Uh, we're members of the Catalyst Group, help found that thing. And so we got John Dye and Ricky Harmon from Balanced Claims. So if we've got storm restoration, supplementing stuff, those rock stars will help you out there. We got John Geary from Casa Energy Capital. So if you're thinking about adding financing to what you do and and helping you achieve more sales through financing, John Geary's a rock star there. And then finally, we got Tara Searcy from Atlas Roofing Products. This girl is a marketing genius. She knows how to create a persona. You know, Andy, you talked about like, how do I be different? Atlas knows how to be different, and Tara's going to talk a little bit about that. Um, so we got those folks coming, and then you got us. Uh, Nathan is going to be there. He's going to be uh, working with you guys and talking as well. This is not going to be a thing where we get up in front of you and be talking heads the whole time. We're going to really inspire you with 10, 15 minutes of conversation about a subject, and then we're going to get to work. We're going to come out and, uh, and get involved with you at your workstations and helping you develop your strategy for 2020. Then you got Jenny there. She's going to rock start with you guys on finance. I'm super excited about that part. And then you got me. I'm just going to hang out and watch. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I'll be heavily involved. We're going to have a good time. I'm excited about the events after, like the evening events, these uh, leadership experience events. We've got something special planned there. can't really give it away because I want you to see something in the end. Okay. Like every night we're going to do something cool. And in the end, you're going to see something even cooler. And I can't wait for you guys to experience that. So the details, four days of intense strategy development from the 9th through the 12th next week. It's 5,000 bucks per contractor for up to three attendees. So that gets you three people, four days to add literally millions of dollars in revenue and profits to your business. Flying to San Antonio International Airport. It's not very far away. There's all kinds of hotels around there. Have your number. If you need hotel information, it's on our website. Uh, at contractorstrategyconference.com. Have your numbers ready. Bring your numbers with you, okay? Everything you know, uh, your percentage of material uh, average per job, percentage of labor, your average job uh, price, uh, your job cost, your overhead. Like, I don't know how many contractors ask, hey, so what's your overhead? 10%? No, no, no. That's what you charge for overhead to your people. What's your actual real overhead? Do you know what overhead is? Like what what parts of your business are 
considered overhead versus something that's cost of goods sold. And so we're going to really talk about that. We're going to send out a list here in the next couple of days of all those numbers you're going to need to get. So you're going to have to get to work pretty quick. And uh, that's going out to all the attendees this week. We're going to provide refreshments, lunch, and after hours appetizers for our experience events. And we're super excited to see you guys there. So how do you get in? Be one of the first 30 to register. Almost full. So the last few guys, that's why we're doing this. Be a contractor serious about growing your business. Don't come here not ready to work. If you're planning on sitting in the back and just listening and not doing anything, don't come to our event. Seriously. We want you engaged. We want you bought in because if that's how you're going to treat this event, that's how you're going to treat your business this year. We don't want you to treat your business this year. We want you to bought into your business, bought into you accomplishing this huge BHAG in the long term because it's the thing that can set you for the rest of your life. Go to contractorstrategyconference.com and use coupon code COACH500 to save 500 bucks off the regular price. Uh, so not 5000 4500 for three people, that's 1500 bucks a piece for four days of intense strategy session, fun experience events, and hanging out with some of the best contractors, coaches, and experts in the industry. If there's any questions, please ask. Uh, we're here to answer those questions. I think that's all I got. Yep, that's the end of it. Um, so love it. You guys have helped us achieve so much in such a little bit of time. Oh, Chris Russ, yeah, man, you guys are rocking it. It has been awesome to watch you guys do what you're doing. Growth, expansion, super fast, but under control. Probably feel a little chaos just because of that speed with which you're growing. But do you feel like you got some control of it, I hope. Uh, based on everything Nathan's telling me, yes, because Nathan was uh, your main point coach. And uh, that's pretty cool uh, to see you guys doing so well. If there's any questions, we'll hang out for a few minutes. I'm going to stop the recording right now. And uh, that way we've got that. Okay, cool. So now we're just hanging out. There's no recording going on. You guys can say anything you want. Um, we're back to uh, uh, Nathan and Jenny and myself. I hope you guys learned something tonight. I hope you learned like this organization of how to build a strategy, um, how important it is. If you don't do it, um, you really are setting yourself up for firefighter mode. That's just really what it is. You're going to react and everything is a fire. So you overreact to that particular situation, which what we don't really realize is sometimes instead of throwing water on that fire, we're throwing gas on an even bigger fire. We saw this one little thing because it's a fire right now. And we say, hey, we're going to make this big change because of this. But that big change then affects the whole business. And I can give you a great example. I cannot believe how pissed off I was when we lost a deal. It was like a $60,000 deal. The homeowner backed out, backed out on the deal and uh, said, hey, I'm going to go get some bids from other contractors. Uh, and we were like, oh, man, we just got this person all this money. That's never going to happen again. We're changing our contracts. We're going to have a strict contract. Everybody's going to, they sign that thing. They have to go with us and uh, cut our sales in half. It was ridiculous how bad it hurt us. Cut our sales literally in half. Fortunately, we were smart enough to do, only do that for about 30 days. And we went back to what we were doing before and going, hey, we might lose one or two a year. Uh, but in the big scheme of things, uh, it's, it's much more beneficial for us to make this an easier sale for our clients and our salespeople. So strategy is super big. Um, you guys that are on Facebook, uh, feel free to ask questions. Are there any questions coming in on Facebook uh, from those folks that are watching there? If they are, Braden, pop them in here. Uh, if not, we are going to go ahead and in this, well, oh, we do have one new message there. 
Hey, Jim, and this is from Robert Wood. Hope all is well. When doing job costing, do we understand above the line and below the line? Should our field labor be added above the line? So when you say above the line, uh, this, Jenny, yeah. This sounds like your wheelhouse. Let's I will you. take this. I may need a little piece. When you say field labor, are you talking about employees that you have doing labor on your team? Or subcontractors, right? Or yes, thank you. Or are you just talking about your yes or sub? Okay. Well, really both. It is the right answer. The, the complexity with field labor that are employees is a little different. We worked through what I feel like is a great system. Absolutely. The cost that you have any sort of labor, whether they're sub or employee, should be above the line. Um, when it's a sub, it's pretty black and white. You get an invoice, it's for a particular job, you book it to that job above the line. Um, when you have employees, there's a lot more cost hidden to an employee that you can't directly attribute to a job necessarily. Maybe you offer benefits, maybe you have different unemployment insurance rules that are only on a part portion of their wages or workers comp, you have all those costs involved that um, what I call it is more of an allocation factor. Yes, yes, yes. I knew that. <laughs> so yes, absolutely get it above the line. Um, but um, okay, so what do we mean by above or below the line? Right there, above the line is really what we say as direct cost of goods sold. How I see it, it's, it's a cost that can be um, directly attributed to a job. Um, you may have costs that come into play on a lot of jobs. Maybe you're doing like marketing, for example, is a, a cost that typically, unless it's a specific lead generation fee, they're always below the line. Any of your admin costs, those are all below the line, meaning overhead. When Jim's referring to overhead, those are all below the line costs. So all of them, every single one of them, not this 10% thing that people put there and say, that's overhead. That's, that's, just, that's just me setting aside a number that it might cover my overhead. It's not reality. So just to touch fast back on that employee labor, you may have all those costs booked below the line, but you're moving them. You're allocating them up above the line to the jobs. So there is some complexity there, but again, that's what it really gets you down to the accuracy of your numbers. You need to assign those laborers to jobs as they perform that work. Robert, did that get your question answered for you? Ah, great. Yes. Good, 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 good. That's what we're here for. And Brooke, it looks like we got your question answered as well. Any other questions? We'll hang out here. We're still live on Facebook. I don't mind. Uh, we've got about one more minute of Ginny, I think, though. I think she's got something planned, maybe a Vikings game or something like that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're here for you guys if you need us. I'll hang out for about another minute. Okay. Oh, go Vikings. Nah, settle down, Robert. Go Pack, go <laughs> Hold on. I knew I liked you, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Robert's all the way over there in Baltimore. He's a Ravens fan. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, oh, no way. He's not a Ravens fan. He's actually a Vikings fan. Wow, that's a strange place to be a Viking. Oh, he grew up in Minnesota. Okay, I forgot about that. <laughs> all right. Um, any other questions, guys? I'll give it like another 30 seconds for you to type one in. Uh, Brooke, how much of your budget should go to things like marketing? To take this one, I, you know, when we dive into that, I, I would love your take on this, Nathan or Jim, as far as what you see as standard on your side. Nathan, any input or you want me to go? I'll go right ahead. All right. So uh, it really depends on what type of marketing you're doing. What are, you, what are your goals in marketing? So if you really want to be what we call top of mind marketing, 
and I can, t- you can, I can tell you exactly what top of mind marketing is. If you uh, know of an attorney in your area that he says a phone number and he has a tagline and you see him all the time on your TV and it just drives you crazy. You hear him on the radio and everywhere like that, that's top of mind marketing. You spend a tremendous amount of money to get that name recognition. Um, you see contractors do this too. Uh, those of you in Houston, Texas, and maybe even throughout the country, you may have heard of Peterson Dean. Peterson Dean is heavily marketed. They're top of my marketing. They set aside between eight and 10% of their overall revenue strictly for marketing. That's that. And that's a big number. I mean, think about what that is of your business. Now, some of us aren't in a position to be there. I see companies grow into that over time. They start off with a lower percentage, maybe two or 3% of their revenue because that's what they can afford. And they really attack it from a, a more door-to-door direct marketing, um, maybe a little bit more of the guerrilla marketing things that don't cost as much, but still get great results for low cost. And then as they grow, they'll start to add more percentage. And that would be a way to grow as over time, start adding an extra percentage in for your uh, marketing. But I find it kind of interesting, like this thing that we spend a little bit of money on to get us to where we are so we can spend even more money on marketing. Why do we quit doing that little thing that was doing so well for us? It's always like, why spend more money if I don't have to or combine it up and make it really powerful? So Brooke, there, there isn't a right answer unless we're able to like sit down with you and really understand the, the goals of your marketing plan and then the goals of your company and then what kind of resource you have available to you. This will be something that we are doing at the strategy conference. We will sit down. We will have those conversations with people to help them d- determine what those budgets might look like. And Jim, I just, just to add in, I loved how you answered that in the sense of you really got to, it depends on what you're looking for. But I will say what I've seen often is that marketing, when we talk overhead, that is direct overhead. So when you're talking about cutting into your bottom line, what you get to take home at the end of the day, those marketing dollars, when you're trying to think of a percentage Obviously, you're, especially when you're growing your company, where you come in revenue-wise and you're talking percentages, that's a big difference. So if you come in below what you were expecting, that marketing percentage now becomes very large and can really impact you. So I agree, try and be really reasonable with your marketing. But like Jim said, I mean, it's really diving into your numbers and what you're, you're looking to accomplish. Yeah, if you've got the resources, go for it. Seriously, like throw that 8% out there and just go kill it. If you don't, be smart about it and keep it in that one, two, maybe 3% range. Um, and you can still do quite a bit of damage if you use the right tactics and tools to get you where you need to be. Any other questions, folks? Those are great questions. This is, I, I've had fun tonight. How about you guys? Mm-hmm. Nathan, yeah. I haven't got, I have much to say. Uh, Nathan, you know, as far as this strategy conference, you're kind of seeing as we're putting it together, all the things you were here last year. Um, what would you say is like the biggest things, your biggest takeaways from uh, not only the conference last year, but what we're doing this year? Um, I think the actual writing of your plan, um, you're going to have time to think about what you want to do rather than just um crazily writing down notes, trying to keep up with whoever you're listening to. Uh, We're going to try and create some space and some opportunity to put the stuff down into an actual tool that you can take back and say, okay, I don't have to build this thing now. I just have to do it. Um, So, you know, I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, and uh, it's going to take some thought, which quite frankly is one of my favorite things to do, despite the rumors. Um, 
but it's going to be it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be a, a really cool event. You're not just going to get uh, talked at the whole time. Uh, so we're really looking for people to walk away with um, something that's very very valuable and it'll be unique to everybody. Everybody's going to get something a little bit different. Which is one of the reasons why we wanted why we kind of price things the way we did is because we really wanted to incentivize you uh, contractors to bring other people with you for the purposes of creating your strategy and your tactics and, and, and knowing what tools to use. It's a very difficult thing to know that as an owner, like you, you just don't know everything. And so having those other people with you um, is a really big deal. So we did, we got another question from Brooke. Brooke is great with questions. She's one of my favorite attendees on our stuff and she's always out there thirsting and, and sponging. She like, she takes this information and she actually uses it, which is cool. Um, question is on video marketing, is it best to take a class or wing it? Um, tips on promoting your videos is educational videos best Our education. She corrected herself. Um, so wing it. <laughs> winging it is a good place to start. Okay. Wing Cause you find a whole bunch of places you mess up and you'll just get better and better and better. Um, if you want to short circuit that you can talk to people like Joseph Hughes from contractor dynamics. He can actually help you with a class on doing some of your video work um, and your overall marketing. Like that's what they do. They're the only ones I know that actually teach contractors how to market. They're not trying to market you. They're trying to teach you how to do it. Um, we, we actually got our own coach to do some of that stuff. And uh, so I, I paid for a coach, got a class, learned a lot. It was worth every penny. And uh, being a coach, I'm a highly encouraged coaching. And so get somebody that knows what they're doing. It'll speed things up for you. You, you won't have to, we, we sometimes cut off our noses by our face. You know, we, we, we try to save a dollar here and not realizing that if we were to spend that dollar, it'd bring us so much more back in return because I want to hold on to that dollar. Um, getting a class, good way to go. And you can do classes a variety of different ways. I mean, you can find them on YouTube and stuff like that, that are free. You can do some paid courses through guys like Frank Kern, Dan, uh, Dan Kennedy. As a matter of fact, I just got this book. I'm taking my own little book course right now, magnetic marketing. So uh, that's by Dan Kennedy. Be a sponge for information. Take the courses, uh, do your own work. As far as uh, our educational videos, the best, educational slash value. Like think of, put yourself in the shoes of whoever your client is. If it's valuable, it's a good video. It's that much. It's that simple. Um, if, if you're like this tonight, hopefully you guys found this valuable. Like you said, wow, man, I learned something tonight and that's actually pretty cool. And I can take and apply it to my business. If we didn't, we failed you. That's the way I look at it. Um, yeah, we well, are hearing about our conference and we hope that you're there, but this is actually something that, um, we hope that you got some value out of it as well. Should there be a time limit on videos? Um, I don't know if it's valuable, keep watching it. I don't know if there's any such thing as a time limit. I keep hearing this thing like five minutes. Hey, Brooke, you're here. It's been an hour and seven minutes. You're still hanging out. If it's valuable, it's valuable. Um, you know, it's funny because the more valuable the thing is, the longer people will stay. That's, that's what it's all about. And uh, we try to do that with all of our videos. I've noticed that whenever we're doing something like this or some of our other videos that we've done in the past, about 85, 90% of the people that attend stay the whole time. They stay the whole time because they're finding something valuable. When I start seeing that number go down, I'm doing something wrong. And that's all you got to do is just check how long people are watching it. There's all kinds of tools for that. I mean, you can do like webinars, you can do YouTube and it'll give you analytics. Um, it's just taking some time to learn that thing. 
And if you uh, if your video is longer, you can always hack it up into smaller pieces too, depending on how integrated the content is. Yeah, I recorded one the other night. It's two hours and seven minutes or something. We had to cut it up into pieces. It's just too big. Uh, so uh, I can't wait for you guys to get some access to that one. I know that nobody here believes Jim could go that long talking. No way. <laughs> no way. All right. Uh, any other questions? All right. I'm going to leave. Oh, Brooke says, thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. No problem, Brooke. It's what we're here to do. We're here to coach contractors to win. We're here to hopefully that you understand from us serving and caring for you that we love you. That's really what we're all about. And uh, hopefully you guys are getting that from us and we will continue to give you that uh, for as long as we're doing what we're doing. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Uh, you the man, Jim. No, no, no. You are. You are, Robert. Uh, so uh, it's good to see you as well. Thanks for attending. And uh Hasta la vista, baby. We'll see you guys in a week. We're ready to rock and roll with the Contractor Strategy Conference. Uh, both of these two will be here. I'm excited for them to come in and hang out in my part of the world for a little bit. So we'll see y'all later. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.